figured out the problem. Okay, so here we are. Another lovely evening with a course of love on a Wednesday evening. Um, we concluded last week with day 25, which was in the dialogues, Tending Your Garden. This evening we'll be going into day 26, Self-Guidance, and that is on page 605 in the earlier edition, so I would say 613 in the the later edition. It's day 26, Self-Guidance in the Dialogue. Uh, We have joining us tonight, I'm willing to read, Judy, Reverend Bill, Gloria, Dennis, Jessica, Amy. Listening, we have Sarah, Steve, Deborah, Lana. Uh, Anyone else who's joined us would like to announce that they're here? Listening, reading. Okay. Okay, again, I ask everyone, if you're not reading at the moment or speaking, to be very conscious of muting your phone. And as you progress through the session, you know, to, uh, when you do uh, share, say your name, and when you're done, say complete. Try not to step on each other's toes if someone else is speaking. And... Um, as I always say, as we get closer to the end of the session, allow time and space for those who have not shared up to that point to give them the you know the comfort to come forward or the assurance to come forward and join with our sharing. Um, what else do I want to say? Oh, Lee, are you there or are you coming? You just send me a text. We'll be joining us shortly. Will be coming on. So, so here we go. A little something from last week. Well, let me just say a few words as a centering affirmation to get the evening started, and then we can close our eyes if you like and just take these short little words and center yourself. Open your heart space. Feel that wholehearted feeling, that sensation of love running through the body form, and opening up to listening to the truth. And I say for all of us, we have all the patience, courage, and wisdom we need to follow the guidance of spirit. We know the right path will be revealed at the right time and in the right way. Take those words of wisdom in. Just hold them in your heart and know everything will be revealed at the right time in the right way. And again, as I said before, just a little recap of last week when we were tending our gardens. He said to us, emptiness of mind will now be something that new seems to plague many of you. I'm going to read that again. Emptiness of mind will now be something that may seem to plague many of you. Where once the mind was searching, yearning, questioning, now it is likely to become still. From the stillness comes its emergence of what it is. 
You are not what you once were. You need not guard against an overzealous ego mind. You need not, in this time, seek neither questions or answers. You need, rather, in this time, to come into the practice of letting the new come. Rather than a time of questions and answers, you might think of this time as a time of sorting and culling. When feeling reflective, sort and cull. Do not do this with an attitude of looking for something. This is a time of preparation, not a time of waiting. What you need to know now cannot be gathered except by your own hands. It cannot be sorted except by your own will. I remind you not to attempt this as a task to which you apply the mind or the question of, what am I looking for? You are looking for nothing. You are tending your guidance. So in day 26, we're going to do what we did last week. There's just eight, well, just really, yeah, eight short paragraphs. I'm going to have each person on the reading list read a paragraph and then we'll open it up and we'll share on the complete day of self-guidance. So with that said, the reading list is Judy, Reverend Bill, Gloria, Dennis, Jessica, Amy, and that's six. Steve, you said you would consider reading? Steve? I'll just listen. I'll read. Good evening. Oh, thank you, Lee. Nice to hear you. Okay. Oh, thanks. And I'll bring up the, the, the tail end of the reading. So again, there are eight small paragraphs, but mighty. So Judy's going to start off with one, and then we've got Reverend Bill, Gloria, Dennis, Jessica, Amy, and Lee. Okay? So, day 26, self-guidance. Judy? Okay. It has been said that you are the source and the power of coming to know and making known. It naturally follows, then, that you are capable of self-guidance. Next. Let us talk a moment of the concept of guidance. When you have sought guidance, you have sought because you have not known. You have sought externally because you have not known of a internal guidance. You have been guided by teachers, counselors, and leaders of all kinds through words spoken and read, through dialogue, through example. If you had known, you would not have sought guidance. Thus, your idea of guidance is likely to hinge upon this concept of the unknown. Now, let's speak a moment of the true self as guide. This simply means that you turn to the self as the source of coming to know of the unknown. While, While simple this idea can be expanded upon paths. Dennis, are you there? 
Dennis? Am I there? Hello? I hear you, Paula. Oh, okay, maybe he fell off. Jessica, would you continue with um, four, please? Yes. A guide shows the way, creates movement, gives direction. These things, too, the true self can do if allowed to do so. The true self will guide you if you will allow it to. Your true self will lead you down from the mountaintop and through the valleys of level ground. There is no other guide. We are one self. Amy? Amy, are you there? Hello? I thought I was supposed to read 26.6. Do you want me to read 26.5? Yeah, everyone's taking one paragraph, okay? Thank you. We lost Dennis, so you go. Oh, I see. Uh, You can trust in yourself, will you? By tending your garden, you will develop this trust and prepare for your descent to level ground. Me? I'm sorry, this is so difficult, Paula. <laughs> um, your self-guidance can be thought of as an internal compass. It will not necessarily know the answers as each answer is sought, but if paid attention to it, will show you the way to knowing. Dennis, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Can you read 26.7 now, please? Yeah, did anybody else lose the call? No. Yeah, I'm not going to move. My phone just got quiet. You want me to read 26.7? 7. Yeah, please. Okay. This alchemical transition, this passing of the unknown into the known, This moment when the unknown becomes the known within the self is the birth of creation. It is the culmination of all that has come before. The all of everything realized in a single heartbeat, a single instant of knowing. This is the one self knowing itself. This is not knowing that comes with a great aha, but knowing that comes with the awe of reverence. Creator and created are one. And the homecoming experienced is that of union. Is there anyone that hasn't read would like to just read that last sentence, 26.8? I'll read it, Paula. 
Thank you, Deborah. Okay. Self-guidance is the propulsion, the fuel for the one true self to know itself. You are ready to be so known. Well, short but mighty. So, you know, the floor is open. If anybody wants to start the sharing off, it would be greatly appreciated. The floor is open. This is Judy. I would like sharing off. And at the same time, there's a part of me that's feeling very resistant sharing experience that I've been having this past week in terms of my looking for anything. Something has come up about myself that although I've known about it on the surface, it really hit me deep down. Um, My whole life I have been plagued with physical disabilities. I was born with them. And it occurred to me that I never minded. I never minded them because in some weird way, it kind of made me feel special. And I guess I kind of liked that feeling of being special. And without going into a whole lot of detail, um, my brother who has passed was also born with the same condition which he died from. And he got an awful lot of attention in the family, outside the family, everywhere. And so that kind of contributed to my overall feeling that somehow being sick, somehow having disabilities was uh, something special. I realized how, how weird and awful and, and even strange that sounds. But yet, that was how I felt. I don't feel this way today, simply because when it hit me, it really hit me deeply, deeply where I live. And I realized how silly, I guess, it's been my whole life. And I guess maybe about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, I got really sick. And this is not, you know, from my (laughs) multiple disabilities that I was born with. This was something else. And I went through that illness and I realized that that was it. I did not want to be sick anymore in my life. And to this day I haven't, um, but it really hit me what it was all about. And this has just been a lifelong thing that has plagued me. I never understood it. Um, I just knew what I, I thought it meant to me. But then it just came up. And I know it was as a direct result of just really getting deeply into what we were last week and just allowing whatever needed to come up to come up. And there it is. There you have it. That's it. I'm complete. Thank you for that. Thanks for sharing that, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Very much. I appreciate your sharing that, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. What did I... I'm thinking what a wonderful thing to experience, specialness in any way growing up, in, but in this way and then um, bringing your 
self to the awareness that there's a change going on within. I, re I just really appreciate what I'm, I'm hearing your experience. Thank you. Thanks, Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. Hey everybody, it's Lee. I note um, I note that the way this this chapter day twenty six begins and ends are um, really closely aligned. <clears throat> allow me to allow me to look into what that was about. Um, well, it's the whole idea of coming to know and making known. Uh, he begins by reminding me. It's been said, he says, you are the source and the power of coming to know and making known. I'm that intersection between the unknown and the known by which the greater self comes to know itself. That's my, my role. And he says the nature of that role is creation itself, right? Um, where did I see that? It's in 26.7. This alchemical transition, something he's willing to call alchemy, this passing of the unknown into the known, this moment when the unknown becomes the known within the self, within that greater self, right, is the birth of creation. So that's the holy business I'm called to and that he's describing as the very conscious gift of this curriculum. Um, and uh, and um, the role of self-guidance in that is in the last paragraph. Just that last sentence. Self-guidance is the propulsion, the fuel, for the one self to know itself. Um, that's the means by which I'm directed to very consciously participate in creation itself. Beautiful stuff. I'm complete. Yeah. Thank you, Lee. Thanks again, Judy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Lee. Lee. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lee. I just plan. Um, this section, how short and sweet is it? Um, it's um, for me... You know, I began when it talks about guidance. And, you know, it, of course, it allows uh, 
brings a lot of puzzle pieces in place, drops them in place for me. Um, and of course, in miracles, um, Holy Spirit is where I went to guide for guidance. And it, and if I'm not careful, I can forget that Holy Spirit is nothing more than my right mind, my right mindedness, which. Um, in Course of Love, uh, it's been called the Elevated Self of Form, Christ Consciousness, but there, uh, I'm one with it in unity. In unity. It's um, when I ask for guidance, I ask for that part, I address that part of me that's whole and it's united with my Creator. I don't go to, at least I try not to go to, the the separated self, the thought system of the ego. Um, and there's this, you know, the, the big distinction for me, for us, is, is that it's, it is separate and alone. It's imagined, it's made up, it's not real, it's based on the past. And it's, it, um, but most importantly, for me, it, it's not part of the unity and the oneness of my true self. The tr- my true self is the infinite mind of Christ, of God. It knows everything, and um, it uh, it does. It, it can be challenging to remember that, especially when you're being distracted by some outward appearance or situation. But when I remember to address myself as one with God, that my Father and I are one. I'm one with you. We're all in unity. Um, And that relationship contains the power of Christ consciousness and represents my true self. I will get answers. They may not show up that instant. But I, it's not, you know, it's not something I can think through. I have to stop the thinking and be in the stillness and wait and see what shows up, um, either in my in my thoughts or in my mind or in a book. You know, it will make itself known to me if I uh, wait for it. You know, if I look for it, but I don't think about it. <laughs> thinking, you know, it's. it's can really get me into trouble, um, and I won't get the right answer. So, anyway, when I read this section, it just uh, brought back to my, you know, my awareness of that journey from separateness to unity, and uh, the self I try to identify with now. Not always successful, but that's the aim. That's the aspiration. That's the goal <laughs> to come from that space of unity where we're all one. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Thank you. That was just inspiring to all of us. It's like what we we would expect to hear from you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That was marvelous. Thanks. Thanks, Lana. Thank you, guys. You inspire me all the time. (laughs) Hi, this is Paula. I like how very blatantly he says in five, you can trust in your true self. Will you? 
That's a big question, Mark. You know, like Lana was saying, yes, you go, we have that Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one and the same. But I know to this time, my journey, I, let, I look to teachers, counselors, and leaders of all kinds. And he says, do word, the words were spoken, read through dialogue. Though, do example. It's now like it's like graduating, you know. Someone's phone is not muted, and I appreciate you if you mute your phone. Greatly appreciate it. Hello? Someone? Thank you. So as I was saying, like, at a point in this, my journey, I needed the leaders, the teachers, the counselors. But as I've grown within and feel that trust, I am trusting my inner guidance. And I like how he says, your self-guidance can be thought of as an internal compass. It will not necessarily know the answers as each answer is sought, but if paid attention to it, it will show you the way to knowing. And that, that feels so right. You know, Lana said it in her way, in my simple terms, it's just going within and trusting. It's there, the knowing. So, I can trust my true self. Loving oneself, trusting oneself, knowing the truth. I'm complete. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Paula. That was beautiful. Thank you, Paula. That was beautiful. Thank you, Paula. Yes, thank you, Paula. Appreciate that. This is Jessica. Um, what what I find quite amazing in this section is that I feel he's speaking directly to the the part of me that is um, some distinct or um, or maybe um, individuated part of me um, that you know walks around thinking about or trying to tune in to what I'm uh, what I'm to do and at the same time he's talking to me in in uh, paragraph 4 where he says the the true self will guide you if you will allow it to and then he he later says there is no other guide we are one true self. So I am tapping into the one true self in in my um, in turning to my true self as a source of coming to know of the unknown. I'm not just trying to figure out like, oh, what's my life about and what's the meaning of life and 
and how do I fit into this, um, the truth? Um, I am tapping into the one true self that we are. Um, and so, so there may not be a guide like someone I can call up or knock on the door and say, hey, excuse me, can, can you let me know what, <laughs> how this has worked? <laughs> what are the rules? Um, there may not be that, but there is an enormous community that is part of my one true self that doesn't, isn't just on these calls, that's always there. That I can um, that I can rely on, that I can trust, and you guys, I had no idea I was going to say that. I didn't even know that that was the case. So, thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. You mean you made the unknown known? (laughs) Nice, Jessica. Thank you. Yeah. Jessica, God expressing right through you. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Jessica. Hi, this is Amy. I uh, I was particularly uh, interested in this 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 one, and uh, I guess it's twenty six four. It says uh, the self will guide you if you will allow it to. And um, the question, I guess, is what obstacle stands in the way of allowing? What obstacle? or, I don't know, resistance stands in the way of allowing it to. I I would think it is the disbelief that the true self, the the true self really exists. Uh, Other than that, I would think we would be able easily to um, connect with our true self, which is God. And uh, and that is um, so. I would think that the obstacle is the lack of love for for self self love, or the lack of connection to God, who who is connected to our true self, or is our true self. So I guess I'm interested in why wouldn't we <laughs> why wouldn't we allow it to be there? Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for that, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Good question. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> Thank you all. I guess we all answer that as our individuated self. We all have our own personal obstacles. And for me, as I have learned over this time of learning of myself, 
The basis behind any obstacle is fear. And in the many readings through the Course of Miracles and the Course of Love, fear shows up in the most unusual places. It all goes down to fear. And the one that always startled me when I read it was fear of God. The first time I read that, I said, I don't fear God. But when examples are shown to me, to the miracles or to the Course of Love, I realize these are obstacles that are hidden so deep within that can be carried from lifetime to lifetime. And if I stand in doubt, I'm still questioning and I'm not knowing the true self. Not uniting with the true self. Still lingering with doubts or questions. So, fear to me is the big one. I'm complete. And having the complete trust. I'm complete. Thank you, Paula. That was so beautiful. Thanks, that Paula. Was real. That was really it. <laughs> I think you, you got it. <laughs> Thank you, Cut. Again, I think you touched on this last week. That, that um, considerable that feeling was a huge obstacle my entire life, and I just felt that it just cracked wide open with that realization that I had. So thanks again. That helps me. (laughs) Thank you, Judy. Judy, if I may, I'm hearing your line break up quite a lot. So sometimes switching from from speaker to, to away from speaker sometimes resolves that. And if it's not an issue that's, Usual to your phone, sometimes dialing back in takes care of that. I will do that. I will do that. Uh-huh. Thank you so much because I did not experience that, but I will, dial, I will call back in, so thank you. Sure, good. Mm-hmm. I'll pose a question after Amy and we agreed on it. Is it the fear of the unknown? That's my question. Is it the fear of the unknown? And to to put that in a whole sentence, what would that be, Paula? I guess... That fear relates to the doubting, the uncertainty, the questioning. I don't know how to put that other than what I said. Okay. So I, I understand that is is it the is it the fear of the unknown that would keep us from readily accessing something that we're told um, stands at the ready for our access? Is, is that what you mean? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, taking that final step. You want to label it maybe, you know, in this physicality, the fear of death, 
the fear of the end of the physical. We can go into so many different areas that we hold within, right? Yeah. Yeah, fear of judgment, fear of retribution, fear of lack. I mean, I think underlying this whole physicality is fear. Oh. I didn't mean to shut the room down. <laughs> to invoke question. <laughs> Thank you, Paula. <laughs> um, I thank you, Paula. This is Amy. Uh, just one final thought about this: the self will guide you if you will allow it to. Um, I think. The dependency on God for the answer um, is the salvation and the problem. If I'm waiting for God to tell me that it's okay for me to um, will guide me to allow myself to be my true self, if I'm waiting for that affirmation, then it's easy to just accept that I am the expression of God. I'm extending it out. I think it's sort of the accept... I think the fear of not being able to allow yourself to... will guide you if you will allow it to. I think the allowance or the willingness is the same as the willingness to accept that God is love and God is in me all the time. It's the same, I think it's the same issue. It just hit me that maybe it's the same issue to allow acceptance of the love of God and accept the, love, the, the lovingness of ourselves to allow ourselves to have the will to guide us. Maybe it's the same issue. That's, that's just a thought. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Um, this is this is Jessica, and uh, I I'm not sure about that exactly, Amy. If I understand it, I don't. I'm not sure I understand it completely. But what it seems to me, he's telling us in terms of why we would or wouldn't listen to the true self that. Will, will guide us is that the that we need to trust in our true self. He's saying we can trust in our true self, but that the way to develop the trust is by tending our garden. Um, so, to me, if I'm not sure that I will follow the guidance of the true self, if I'm doubtful or or even just a little unsure or uncertain, then I know what to do. <laughs> I think I know what to do. I need to tend my garden. I go back to the previous chapter and reread that and, you know, to call it, not to be looking for anything, but to be paying attention to what's happening, noticing, and, you know, um, seeing the new growth 
seeing the bits that are dying, seeing that, um, you know, if the soil is rich or the soil is being washed away, if there's enough water. I mean, I know that I'm carrying that a little too far, but uh, I don't know how else to say it about tending my own garden of self. It seems similar. Uh, I mean, he's u- he used that analogy for a reason. It works. Anyway, I hope that makes sense. Uh, I'm preparing myself for... I'm developing the trust by tending my garden. I, I think... Hopefully I said that. <laughs> hopefully that made sense. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Jessica. It did. Be the gut. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Hi, it's Anna again. Um, You know, uh, tending my garden is tending my mind and heart to make sure um, I'm not misidentifying myself. You know, uh, it's... um, Jesus tells us in so many ways that um, all discomfort and lack of peace comes from misidentification of self. And if I'm in doubt or in fear, that's what I have done. I've misidentified myself. When um, Jesus said, I and my Father are one, you know, um, and I agree that fear is the obstacle that would prevent me from trusting in myself. If I believe I am other than one with God, other than God expressing through me, when I um, heal my mind, that awareness comes back to me. It's like a light switch on and off. I'm not a small separated self. I am one with God. The Father and I are one. We're a unit. We're a package deal. And uh, when I turn my mind and heart towards that truth, it does welcome me. It pulls me in. Love attracts love and recognizes itself. And in that recognition, I can have a certainty that I can trust myself. But the proof is in the pudding or the pie or whatever that saying goes. I learn to trust by trusting. And and as I trust, that trust is validated. So it becomes easier to trust the next time until you get to a point or I get to a point where it doesn't make any sense not to trust. There's no separation between who I am and who God is. A fear of God is simply a fear of self, and that is terrifying to the ego. For the ego to think that I and the Father are one, it means its demise. So it will fight me. (laughs) It will fight me and resist me, and it will make me feel guilty for being so arrogant to say something like that. But it's it's blasphemy to say that I'm other than one with God. I'm other than his expression in form. I'm, I'm other than his son Jesus was, you know, and um, 
that's what always needs to be healed because until I've identified with my true self and made that discernment and distinction between a small separated self of the ego and my elevated self of form, which is one with God, I will be fearful. And um, I will be afraid not only of God, of myself, of the world, of my brothers, anything that points me to God, I will be afraid of because it's very threatening. But fortunately, in A Course of Love, it tells us that the ego is gone. You know, it's just a pattern of thinking. And um, one of the one of the things I try to remember in those times is not to think, it's just to go into the stillness and the quiet and the silence of this present moment. And it's amazing when I stop thinking, and thinking will, and my mind will naturally quiet itself when my focus is on God. It just falls away. And in that silence is when the healing happens and the light switch goes back on. And you know, I can chuckle to myself and say, oh, there I go, whoops, I did it again. <laughs> no guilt, no shame, no blame, just remembering. Um, so I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Lovely, Lana. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. I'd like to ask, has anyone joined us that hasn't announced? Just to know, let us know you're here. Hello, everyone. This is Pat. Hi, Pat. Nice to hear you. You want to come tend your garden with us, Pat? <laughs> I really am. It's a group conscience to do it. <laughs> I like how he calls us the gardeners, tending our garden. You know, I think we mentioned even last week, you know, even not even having a garden, like plants, how you, you know, the love and affection, that when you feel that unity with that life, it's a life form, and the care you give it, make sure there's water, fertilizer, Look for the dry leaves. Call out the, the, the weeds. That metaphor is such a beautiful symbol of what he, he's asking us to do for ourselves. To be gentle. To show that plant or that garden the love. And watch it bloom. And be patient. And know that the weeds will try to come through. But they're not the truth. He does that so masterfully with his metaphors. Yeah, tend your garden and trust in your own self-guidance to be the best gardener you can be, the true self. 
And when those doubts come, know they're not the truth. Trust. And that has always been a big, something I believed in for you, that trust. And it develops, develops, even though the times when the weeds are overtaking the garden, to stand back and trust a little fertilizer and a little culling and a little sorting and weed killer. (laughs) The weeds will be gone. So, yeah. I'm complete. Really nice. Thanks, Paula. Oh, thank you, Paula. That was beautiful. Thank you, Paula. Say, I have one other observation to share. Am I talking over someone? No, I was just going to say thank you, Paula. Mm. There's um, within 26.7 is a description of the holy instant for those of you that know the Course in Miracles in chapter 15 of the Course in Miracles where he begins to speak of the holy instant, he uses about a dozen paragraphs to speak of the holy instant in different ways before he settles on the term holy instant and decides to call it that in A Course in Miracles. One of the terms that he uses to describe a holy instant is to call it for each that experiences it He says, it is the single instant of the sanctity of God's creation. The single instant of the sanctity of God's creation. Um, Obviously, there's something very, very evocative about that phrase. And it just refers to how incredibly expansive a holy instant is for one's um, uh, beginning recognition of of the holiness of this whole enterprise of uh, of relationship that we're offered across this life, this holy relationship with everything. Here in 26.7, he describes a holy instant when he says, this alchemical transition, this moment, when the unknown becomes the known within the self, within the true self, is the birth of creation. It, this single moment he's speaking of, is the culmination of all that has come before. It's the all of everything capitalized, realized in a single heartbeat, a single instant of knowing. It is the one self knowing itself. You can see in the languaging he uses and how kind of spectacular that language is that he's describing something that has that same power and force and wholeness that the Course of Miracles describes as the holy instant. I'm complete. Yeah, thank you, Lee. Thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you, Lee. What what a great reminder. Thank you. Yeah. That was perfect. Thank you. 
very yeah, nice. I love Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn. I love that. And he goes on to say, this is not knowing that comes with a great aha. And he even says that in the Course of Miracles in his own way. But knowing that comes with the aura of reverence. You know, it's, oh, I need to, you know, have that big aha moment. Sometimes that holy instant is like a nanosecond, but it feels like a lifetime. Without the big aha, it's just a feeling within. Yeah. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for bringing that out. It was great. Thank you, Lee. He's inviting us into a big deal, isn't he? That's the impact for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He says, are you ready to be so known? <laughs> I love it. Self-guidance is the propulsion, the fuel for the one self to know itself. Are you ready to be the known? How's that for an invitation? <laughs> well, we have a half hour, and if there's no further comments on this tending of our garden with self-guidance, maybe we can go into day 27. The apprehension, apprehensions of levels of experience. And these look like some meaty paragraphs. So, um, let's see. Yeah. Let's read about one or two and see if we can come up with something. And we'll take it from there. So we're going to go back the top of the reading list and we're going to ask Judy to read one and Reverend Bill two and we'll see if we can expound on that possibly go into three good plan everyone great yeah apprehension levels of experience so Judy would you read 27.1 Think, think now, not of being apprehensive in terms of being fearful of the rest of your life, but apprehensive in terms of taking hold of the rest of your life, of keeping it within your understanding, within your ability to come to know, within your own grasp of it. You have been asked to let go of much, but not of life. Paula, if I may, um, let me ask, do you remember if you pressed record? I did. At the beginning of the call? You did? I did. Okay. Good. Yeah. Reverend Bill, are you there to read too? I am. 27.2. Thank you. You bet. (laughs) Thank you. You have been asked to let go of uncertainty not certainty. You have been assured of a certainty you never before believed you were capable of. 
This certainty is beginning to form within you, but will not come into its fullness except through experience. This certainty has only been able to begin to form within you because you have agreed to this mountaintop experience while remaining engaged in life. You have thus begun to experience on two levels. This has been a goal of the time we have spent together in this way. Pass. Experiencing life without the insight of a spirit was to experience external life. Life itself shows you the way, pointed you in different directions, told you what you need to know. This was the external experience of life. Most of you have had well-examined external lives. You have looked you have looked for causes behind the direction in which life led you, but your life was not inner-directed because it was the boy or inner sight. While you look outwardly for signposts to guide you, the self-guide or inner sight was not developed. Pass. I think we're going to stop here and see if we can really delve into these first three paragraphs. Is that okay with everyone? Sure. So I'm going to open the floor now for whoever wants to share on one, two, or three. Hi, this is Pat. Um, on number one, I've been hesitant to, to speak up again, realizing that I'm thinking um, that I would be taking people back into the body somewhat. But after reading this, it kind of gives me permission to do it at my own level, which is what I've been telling myself, that God comes to each of us in our own level. Although all of this tells me I am God. But at the same time, I have this life I live that doesn't always under, uh, feel that my body. But this morning, I woke up again with this deep sense of loss or pain or something that goes from my heart through my, it's almost as hard to swallow it so deep. And myself said to me, um, said to myself, this was the baby that was uh, terrified was in those years and so I just started telling myself it's okay I understand you now you're not alone 
which is all part of what I've been thinking. Um, with, and, <laughs> and sometimes when I make decisions, I'm not sure that I did it right because I've made a whole lot of mistakes. So it, when I, what this has done for me today, it's like a holy instant for me. It kind of cleared out. And I know myself more. And it, it, I can trust that I can take care of whatever is stored in my body cells. That's kind of how I look what, at what my body is for. It stored all the memories that I need to clean out and make okay. And at my level of existence, I can work with that. It's okay to be right where I am and, you know, not apologize for not being as holy as and as elevated as I feel when I'm talking with you all, and I'm not condemning that at all, believe me. I'm kind of envious that you've gotten that far. But at the same time, I kind of love me for kind of staying where I am, doing what I'm doing. And um, and I'm learning to trust my own decisions. Uh, the doctors tell me there's nothing they can do about the one particular thing I've been fighting for 20 years. So finally I just decided, okay, I just give up. You know, I'm not even going to try anymore. I'm not going to take any of the medicine anymore. And the next thing I know, I'm in an acupuncturist office. I'm getting it free. I can have as much of it as I want. And it's like just when I decided to let go of all the medical things, something else came in. And um, I find that the pains that I would have at night, all night long, are gone in the first treatment I had. And even though I don't understand her very much because she's from Korea and we're both very masked and I'm hard of hearing and all that, we still are communicating in a way that's positive and uh, I'm not hearing, well, I'm a, you know, we have nothing to offer you anymore. It's sort of like what she's offering me is balance and whatever it is I need for today. Um, and I'm kind of peaceful and a little bit excited about, hey, I don't have to go back to Kaiser. I can be right where I am. And... Um, I was letting the doctors call all the shots and taking all their, uh, I wish it were better, but it's not. And and um, anyway, right where it is right now is okay, and I'm okay. And I'm so grateful that all of you share your wisdom and your journey, and they're all different. And maybe somewhere down deep, they're all the same at the same time. I don't know. But I'm grateful that you're there and that I get to listen. So thank you for listening. Uh, we're grateful for you too, Pat. You bring so much to us. It's terrific, Pat. 
Thank you. Wow, that was great, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think we all felt you. We've all been there in one way or another. And you said the thing, I don't know, and we don't know, and that's where the trust comes in. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. you, I certainly felt you, Pat, and I'm always so grateful when we can coax you to share. Um, It's just so uh, reliably um, has this uh, same impact on me when I hear you, and uh, so I'm very grateful. Thank you. Pat, thank you. Sorry if I'm interrupting somebody. Thank you, Pat, and celebrate the moment. Celebrate each of those moments. We're all with you. Blessings to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Can we cope anybody else? Can we cope anybody else who has not shared so far? Dennis, can we cope you to share with us? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yeah, I, want, I want to say thank you to Pat for giving me permission to speak. Um, <laughs> to really, really just love myself where I am, uh, not be trying so hard, to be certain uh, that I do the right thing or say the right thing or I'm inappropriate. Um, God, <laughs> it's just been a time of chalkboard tension for me um, and fear I mean Paula talked about fear I mean I've just experienced fear not constantly but a good deal of the time and uh, I'm like I have anxiety the body and, and there's depression sometimes and uh, people say, God, you know, not, not everybody, but I went to get a haircut. My hair, the woman who cut my hair, she said, what's going on? You look terrible. Uh, so it was kind of good to have an honest uh, opinion. But to, to kind of dovetail this with the garden, um, I planted a lot of gardens in my life. And I was great at planting them getting them going in the springtime. But the summer always seemed to overwhelm me. Uh, The weeds and the distractions, baseball, golf. uh, And so so what I started and what I planted, I never really cared for it to its fruition. I... I let it go somewhere in between. Um, and I think that's what's happening for me now. The part of myself that I let go in between coming to fruition is speaking up and uh, it shows its head in various various ways. Mostly this fear that, that I won't be able to do it right. So thank you, Pat, for uh, for just telling me that I really am okay where I am. I can love myself where I am. 
I can tend this garden from this moment um, from where I am. I'm complete. Thank you, Dennis. And thank you, Pat. Tending, helping, helping, Pat, oh, Dennis. Can you help Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Dennis. Really happy to meet you, Dennis. Thanks for that. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis. Reverend Bill, you're kind of quiet tonight. I am enjoying to hear the sharing of everyone. So I don't have nothing to share. Maybe I do, but I save it for next time. (laughs) (laughs) All right? Fine. Fine. How you, Gloria? Was that you, Deborah? I'm sorry. That was me. Oh, I did. Thought I heard Deborah. Um, this is Amy. Uh, I'm. I just thought it was lovely what everybody was saying, what Pat was saying, and. Um, also, the concept of not trusting oneself or being so sad because one has made so many mistakes. I think um, perhaps it would be helpful in my life or anyone to redefine what a mistake is. Um, certainly, if we feel we've made so many mistakes, we can't trust our true self anymore or trust the love of God. That I it might be valuable to just redefine what a mistake is. It's um, perhaps a, it's what we did at the moment which we learn from, which is absolutely something we have to learn. And that's the only way we can learn the, the hard lessons by making what we call mistake. But in the eyes of God, they're not mistakes. They are opportunities to love more and learn more. And uh, so I see that as a pretty substantial obstacle to allow the true self to guide oneself, is to just redefine perhaps what a mistake is. It's an error in judgment that needs to be reevaluated or revisited and not something to blame, condemn, or or, or um, dislike or result in self-hatred. And I, I think that would be a loving thing to do. So thank you all for everything. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you, Amy, for that definition of how yeah. you uh, relate to the idea of mistake. And as for it being something that would be lovely to do in this remaining time, 
with uh, a dozen of us at the table. Um, I think we've decided it would be nice to hear from those who haven't had an opportunity to share. And so I'm, I'm not sure we're, um, we're entertaining uh, new topics for the evening. But uh, thanks for sharing how you relate to a mistake. Yeah, thank you, Amy. <laughs> I appreciate that. And when I look thank at you. What, <laughs> what I called mistakes before, uh, all my treasures came from those big mistakes <laughs> So that I live with now. So, yeah, I, I totally hear mm-hmm. what you're saying, and if you're saying it again, so I'd hear mm-hmm. it. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. And reminding us of that there are opportunities, and he tells us that constantly. Every situation properly received, perceived, whether you think it's a mistake or blame, is an opportunity for our healing. Those are those opportune moments. And as we know, we're told in so many ways, God does not see anything see us in any way other than perfect. It's in our small self that we still think we need redemption or healing. And that's the becoming the known, the true self. So, yeah, it's, it's the choice we make in this journey individually, the choices we make on an individual basis in our journey. I'm complete. Thank you, Paula. This Thanks, is Sarah. There she is. I was waiting, Sarah. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, well, I'm coming from a little bit different perspective. I've absolutely loved and agreed with everything you guys thought. Knowing that, that we're one, uh, that all the, quote, separate parts are not separate. They're just us interrelating with us and then us relating with the whole world, that we're all one. And um, I've been guided to, to uh, studying uh, mindful self-compassion. And um, I'm sorry about the bell in the back. I hope it isn't too disruptive. It'll end. Um, and it's just been so moving to me. Um, to hold everything that's come up just with um, awareness and acceptance and then loving kindness. And um, what I'm feeling tonight is I'm feeling like um, sad because my throat has felt sore again for about six weeks and... uh, my mind says I would like to be comfortable when my group resumes in 10 days, and I feel sad because I feel enthusiasm to talk, and it hurts when I talk, you know. And so <laughs> doctor says, well, if it hurts when you laugh, don't laugh, right? It's like I'm thinking, okay, Sarah Joy, just shut up. You're supposed to be quiet right now. Um, but what I'm wanting is... Um, I'd like, uh, this is difficult and I don't know why, um, 
I, I would like the group to, to hold me in love. And um, I'm kind of torn because loving what is is different theoretically from wanting to change what is. And yet I'd like my throat to be healed, and it's always helped me before when you guys held me in silence. And if you would hold me in silence for a few minutes, even if my throat isn't healed, I would feel very comforted. And um, so I'm asking if you would be willing to do that. Most definitely, without a doubt. Feel the warmth. Feel the love embrace you, Sarah. Feel the help, the healing love permeate through your physical body into your heart center. Feel it. Know it. Know the truth of who you are. Heal. Heal within, and then all will be fine. Rest in the peace of God. Know that you are embraced in love from all of us. We're family. We're one. We're united. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Sarah. Can we take a couple of minutes and um, silently hold Sarah, she asked. Feel the love, Sarah Joy. Feel the love. Let's feel that love for all of us. Hold each other in that embrace of love. The unity of us. Coming together in this time where we feel safe. Speak our truth. Know that there's no no blame, no condemnation coming. Just pure love to each and every one of us. Brother and sister in oneness. Feel the oneness of us. Thank you so much. I literally felt it in every cell of my body. 
and it's so impactful when you guys hold me like that and it's almost like it doesn't matter what happens I just feel one with that love and and I feel blessed and content and grateful thank you so much and thank you for blessing us Sarah because we are one you brought us so much joy all the time you bring us joy. <laughs> Love. That's my name. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, thank you for your willingness for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I know where I'm loved. Yeah. Any parting words? Can we just call you so much, Sarah? Pardon me? Can we just can we just call you so much? So much? (laughs) Sure. So much joy? Okay. So much joy. (laughs) Oh boy. Sarah Joy. (laughs) So cute. Thank you so much. <laughs> I miss so you much. so much. <laughs> Remember, Jesus says, be happy learners, happy listeners. So here we are. He's happy that we're laughing. <laughs> I love it when we end the call all laughing. <laughs> <laughs> a joyful noise. <laughs> yes, yes, and love. It's all love. We oh, should invite yes. Chris on to to share one of his corny jokes at the end of every <laughs> session, huh? Well, yeah, he has a hundred of them on the ready <laughs> for every occasion. Lee, you did just, Lee, you did just fine. Thank you. <laughs> You did so much. <laughs> I'm writing Judy, that up. are you laughing with us, Judy? Uh, Do I hear you yeah. laughing, Judy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she has an infectious laugh. Hey, Judy, thanks again for getting us started tonight. It was more of yeah. a, it was more of a, hmm, an earnest um, night, and I think you did a lot to kind of roll in that direction. Well, I just wanted to share my experience, but thanks for that. We appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Not but, but, and thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's appreciation for all of us because when we come together like that, we're all sharing as one. We can all understand and feel it as one. But thank you. Thank you. So good night, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for coming back. Hope you all come back next Wednesday. I would miss it for the world. (laughs) I really hope everybody that wanted to share had the opportunity tonight. Look forward to Mm -hmm. seeing you next week. Thanks, Paula. Great great call. Thank you. I love everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.
Thank Sleep you. Tight. Thanks for that blessing, Gloria. Thanks, Thank Gloria. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, everyone.